Welcome to Splainin', a podcast where two guys explain things to each other that they should know, but, but don't. don't. I'm Jeff Sims. And I'm Evan Smith. Buddy, we're getting better at this. I was going to jump on you that time, but... Were you? Yeah. Uh, hey, it's a bit early in the night for that. I'm only one beer in. Hey, yeah, bye. I'm only one. <laughs> 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 Three sips of wine, Evan. Uh, yeah. Like seven drink Amy. Seven drink Amy. In Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I love oh, it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Did she, I show you that TikTok of the girl who's like... Who, yes! <laughs> it's, oh, man. Yeah. She does well for so long. She's like, my name is Jess, and this is one beer. She has beer. She goes, my name is Jess, and this is a second beer. And each time she does like, my name is Jess, and this is the, my fifth drink. Yeah, and, and she, then but she the keeps end, mixing the drinks out. I'm like, she honey. Doing it. By then she goes, my name is Jess. And this is the Disney Channel. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. It's funny. Yeah. That's what I, it reminded me of. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Seven drink Amy. Funny. Welcome, Evan. To episode Welcome 16. 16. I, I know. have to think it, about it. It's a little confusing now. It's a little bit We're confusing. We're jumping around in the timelines. In the wormhole. Yeah. Yeah. Time travel, wormholes. Now it's actually happening within our episode. What is? Jumping time. Oh, yeah. The yeah, time yeah, space yeah. continuum. It's not even continuuming at all. Uh, I have some corrections Do you? And I do Uh, Some of them are actually legitimate corrections Some are additives and or I don't know what that means Additions Oh, I see So they're not corrected But they're like In addition to what you've said There's also this Yep Okay And some preservatives as well (laughs) Um, So remember how we discussed the actor Who played in Seinfeld And we were talking or whatever I know, I I said it wrong no, you said it right. Well, no, I, I did. I said he I was didn't. in Jurassic Park. He was not in Jurassic Park. No, he wasn't. No, but I was like, yeah, but I have not really seen Jurassic Park, and therefore just uh, thought Jason Alexander was in Jurassic Park. But now I realize the guy you're talking about is the guy who's in Space Jam, who is Wayne Knight. Yes, I didn't yep. know his name, but I was, that's who was in Jurassic Park. But that's who was in Jurassic Park. Yeah. I had three people write me, by the way, three separate people write me. They're like, you are a literal dumbass. Oh, nice. I love Jurassic Park. Yeah, I love Space Jam. Yeah, but you I'm didn't know his name. Seinfeld. But I was the one who was saying, oh, Jason Alexander is this guy. No, and you just, said Jurassic Park. And I was like, yeah. I was just being a little bit of a jerk. I just was like, short, kind of balding. I mean, still, though, it's and fact. Was, yeah, well, yeah, they are yeah. facts. But instead of me being like, they're two completely different individuals, I just yeah. completely yeah, <laughs> amalgamated true. them. That's true. Um, so what's his name? Wayne Knight? Wayne Knight. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so back when I was talking about Leo Taylor, which was Britney's manager, mm-hmm. and remember how I said that there was conspiracy that Britney's uh, manager was the one who kind of started it all by telling her father to do those things. Yep. I said the same sort of uh, thing was happening to Lindsay Lohan. Yes. Lindsay Lohan's manager, Leo Taylor. Same guy. Same girl. Oh, her, her, her name, name, name is, is Leo. Leo Taylor. Interesting. Yeah. Um, uh, ooh. So that's not a coincidence. No. Definitely not. Not at all. Another thing that I forgot to uh, put out there is that Britney's kids also filed a restraining order against her father. Ooh. Yeah, for being uh, physically abusive. Really? Yeah. And so, like, his the whole centering of his argument was that he, like, she was unfit to take care of her kids, even though he was, like, physically abusing them and just, like, not nice. And so uh, her yeah. kids filed a restraining order against him. Yeah. And, like, will openly go on social media and be like, he sucks. We hate him. He's the worst. But Free they're still mom. living in the house with him? No, I think they're, like, old enough to be doing other things. Oh, I oh, yeah, oh, I yeah. see. They're adults. I'm I actually I don't know. Right. Well, no, they would they'd be like twelve or thirteen now. Right. Two thousand eight, so, two thousand seven. So they're still obviously living in the house. I, I don't know. 
Right. I don't know, but restraining order regardless, um, which is a mess. Yep. And also, I need to apologize for ruining the ending of Shutter Island. Oh, uh, yeah. I so, I will apologize in t- in part as well. Yeah. Um, Catherine gave me the two notes about Brittany. And I knew I was going to say Catherine specifically gave told me the note about ruining Shutter Island. She said, "Well, you just ruined it for anyone who didn't see it." And I said, "You know what? Screw them. The movie's old. You should you should have seen it by now." I mean, here's the thing with spoilers. Mm-hmm. If if there's something you really want to watch and you have never watched it, and it's a a twist ending, once yeah. a decade goes by. No one else can be held responsible for no. spoiling it for you. No. They just go, oh, yeah, that movie we all saw. It's like seven. Yeah. When they go, what's in the box? What's, what's in the box? In the box? It's like, it's if, that's, Move on. if that's yeah, if that's spoiled for you, it's like, well, then you're too late to the party, man. Also, I just spoiled seven just then for anyone who hasn't seen yeah. seven. <laughs> yeah. I, I wasn't going to say it. I was just going to leave it at what's in the box. No, no, but I still, definitely just spoiled it. I mean, Anyways. the thing is, like, if I recommend movies like that to a friend, yeah. I'll make a point not to spoil it. But like, have you ever oh, no, seen no, seven? No, no. Yeah. It's amazing. Go watch it and talk. Like seven is like when we're talking about best movies. No, that's next week. When we were talking in the future about our favorite movie. Oh yes, in the future, yes. Um, the future tense. Yeah, like some of my favorite movies on the first watch were like movies like seven. Yes. Like while watching yes. the first time, I was like, this movie is one of my best viewing experiences ever. Yep. But then every other time after that, you're like, oh, but I know the twist. Is that exactly. Good? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I totally agree. Anyways, I apologize for anybody who's now going to go watch Shutter Island and. Uh, somehow it's ruined, but yeah. I don't really think it is. I mean, I guess it's so. still worth watching. It's a phenomenal movie. Leonardo DiCaprio is worth watching in any context. Mm-hmm. Yep, Truy's window. Uh, so yeah, those are a couple <laughs> of corrections for you, and I apologize. And yeah, through his window. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for you to catch on to that. <laughs> it took me a beat to be like, "Oh, that was actually funny, Evan. Well done. Thanks." Yep. So we have an interesting episode for you. We sure do, Jeff. Yeah, tell we us are, about it. We are very far apart from each other. Yep. Uh, in not in physical distance, but in terms of our topics. Yep. I'm gone back to outer space. Yeah. And my topic this week for you, Jeff, uh-huh. is dark matter. Dark matter. Dark matter, matter is outer space at seventy percent of everything. Do us a favor, sir. Use our music. It. Was it people like it, and your music's making people sick? <laughs> Randy Newman. Randy Newman. The album, Dark Matter. Excellent Great album. album. Lovely. Oh, gorgeous. I think Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Yeah. I think Jesus, Jesus every time. Excellent. Um, it's actually kind of funny because this, like, if we look consistently, consistently over the last couple of episodes, yes, this would fit into a topic that I would do. I know. Do you That's know why I mean? I'm happy to be doing so it. So it's interesting, and I'm yep. afraid to see what people say about it. If they're going to be like, oh, Jeff, buddy, Evan should do these kinds of topics carrying forward. <laughs> well, maybe they'll say the opposite. Now I'm worried. I doubt that. Oh, thanks. Uh, I okay. pick Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> I pick Jesus every time. Uh, okay. Cool. So what's dark matter? Why does it matter? Matter? I don't even know her. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Evan Smith. <laughs> I just thought I'd start big because I made the statement. I think it's episode fifteen. I was like, I have to get an a matter or joke in every in every episode. <laughs> so I thought right off the top, doesn't matter. Matter, don't even know her. Uh, everything we could see with a telescope: galaxies, planets, stars, dust, gas. Everything on Earth makes up just five percent of all matter. Ooh, what we call normal matter. Mm. Not so normal that it's only five percent. Nope. Everything else, the other fifty-one. The other. 50- Day one! No, it's 95. But 
51 sounds so much better. But it could be any number. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The other 95! Yeah, it's irrelevant what number it is, but it's just like the way he says 51. I agree. Hamilton. Uh, the other 95 is what we call dark energy and dark matter. Mm. The two are slightly different from each other, but important. I like it. They do not emit or absorb light, hence dark. Interesting. I, I, I think I knew that they didn't emit light because of the dark portion, but I figured yeah. they would have at least absorbed light. Nope. We can't see it with our eyes. We can't detect it with radio waves, microwaves, or even tidal waves. <laughs> but we know it's there. <laughs> it's on today. Thanks for that, buddy. Um, we know it's there because it influences everything around it. Like the wind. Like the colors of the wind. The weirdest thing with dark matter is we've all heard about it. And like Randy Newman tells us about it every week on the best album of all time. Yep. Well, one of them. Uh, but it's sort of irrelevant. It's like it's there, but like it's not affecting me. I'm not affecting it. It's sort of like when you like when a bee is around and you're like, if I don't bother it, it won't bother me. Yeah, say that to Catherine Summers. <laughs> she don't like the bees, does she? No, she don't like the bees. Um, but dark matter is actually all around us. There is dark matter in this room. Ooh. There are probably dark matter particles going through you right now. I can feel the darkness. How do you feel? I, I feel can the feel the darkness. Mm. Who were you being just then? Kylo Ren. Nice. Show um, me the way of the dark side. That's not a great impression. I don't have the mask. I'll work on it. Yeah, you need to get the mask. Yep. Um, and this is something I always forget, that we are moving through space at an incredibly fast pace. Mm-hmm. Which is not only something moving I forget. Face. <laughs> it's not only something I frequently forget. It's also the first line of my rap musical that I'm going to write. Yes, I can't wait. We are moving through space at an incredibly fast pace. <laughs> Matt, I don't even know her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's going to happen. Can't wait. See you um, then. So Earth's gravity just allows us to live our life. But the thing that I forget is we revolve around the sun, but the sun is not just sitting still. No. The sun is actually flying through the galaxy at like half a million miles per hour. Oh, yeah. We're cooking the most. We're cooking. So essentially most of what we're hurling through is dark matter. 95% of the universe is dark matter, dark energy. So what the sun and our universe is fl- – or our galaxy, rather, is flying through is mostly dark matter. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't affect us. It just passes on through, passes through Earth. Passes through Saturn, passes through your gut. Nothing to say, your anus. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes. Yeah, why not? Uh, in the 1990s, scientists were fairly certain of their theories on the expansion of the universe. Yep. They thought one of two things it might have enough energy density to stop its expansion and recollapse, or it might have so little energy density that it would never stop expanding. So basically, like, it'll do this or the opposite. <laughs> we know nothing. It's the same thing as being like, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but um, even if that was the case, the rate of expansion would surely be slowing down as time went on due to gravity. That was mm. their theory. Gravity would definitely make the, it would slow down the expansion. Huh. But in 1998 came the Hubble Space Telescope, Ooh. which I thought, like, that's pretty recent. It is. Like, discoveries they've made oh, since yeah. with the Hubble Space Telescope is like, you know, 22 years. Yeah. The most we knew before that was Monty Python. Yep. Yeah. Have uh, you heard the universe song from Monty Python? I'm sure I have. Just it's Bri- Life of Brian, right? Just standing yes. on the planet that's evolving, revolving at 900 miles an hour. Yes. Revolving. <laughs> if I give enough time, he's going to keep going. Yeah. Uh, well, through observing very distinct supernovae, the plural. Is that plural supernova? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, they found that a long time ago, the universe was expanding slower than it was in 1998. And when I read that, I was like, does that mean like they, because when you peer through a telescope at yep. a very far away, you're actually seeing the past because how far light takes to travel. Yep. So that's how they know a very long time ago because what they're seeing is an expansion that's happening sooner, faster than it is, n- sorry, mm. slower than it is now. 
Sure. So I guess it's because they're seeing the past. Anyway, it didn't say. I just deduced that myself. Mm. See at the Hubble. (laughs) (laughs) Hubble? I don't even know her. (laughs) Hubble, Hubble. Uh, So the expansion of the universe hadn't been slowing down due to gravity. It was speeding up. And no one expected this. And no one knew why. But they were like, there's a reason. That sounds like a clickbait on Facebook. The universe was actually speeding up, but no one knows why. If you click on the Except most this one middle-aged woman. <laughs> when she opened her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so three theories rose to the top of what's going on. Um, before he came up with his final version, Einstein discarded an old version of his theory of gravity that included a cosmological constant that may have, in fact, been accurate. So there was a constant throughout all of the cosmos that he eventually ended up taking out of the equation for gravity. Um, but now scientists have, who have seen that older previous version are like, hang on, that actually might be more accurate than what we accept today. Second, maybe there was some kind of energy fluid that just filled space. Just like, who was that guy in the room? Like, fluid? Maybe there's just juice everywhere <laughs> in juice the earth. <laughs> <laughs> And then three, maybe there's something wrong with the theory of gravity, and a new theory could include a kind of field that creates cosmic acceleration. Essentially, they still don't know. No. They did name it, and they called it dark energy. We know how much dark energy there is because we know how it affects the universe's expansion. Other than that, we basically know nothing. We know that about 68% of the universe is dark energy. Einstein was the first person to realize that empty space is not nothing. Double negative. So it's something. Something. Einstein. Einstein. <laughs> he discovered that it is impossible for more space. Sorry, he discovered that it is possible for more space to come into existence. And he said empty space can possess its own energy. And because the energy is a property of space, it would not be diluted as space expands. So as space keeps expanding, more of the energy would appear. Not only that, but it would have an exponential effect. Because this energy is what's causing space to expand. Sure. So the more there is, the faster space expands. And the faster space expands, the more there is. And the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. Yeah. The best (laughs) game you can name is the good old hockey game. (laughs) Um, But yeah, does that make sense to you? So dark energy, basically, is what makes the universe expand. Mm -hmm. And as the universe expands, more dark energy comes. And therefore, the universe expands even more. Yep. Right? Yep. Uh, Another explanation is that it's a a new kind of dynamical energy fluid. That fits. Why up. fluid? I don't know. The word fluid upsets me. The same way moist upsets other people. You know what's a really gross word? We're watching the Little Rascals today. And you know those two, like, the, yeah. the antagonist guys? Yeah. Their names are Butch and yeah. do you remember the other one? Spud or Scud nope. or something? Hoim. <laughs> <laughs> it's H-O-I-M. Hoim. Like, that's not even a word. It means nothing, and yet it grosses me out. Hoim. That sucks. Yeah. Butch and Hoim. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what the deal with fluid is. It's maybe that, like, they, they know how gases work, and it's not so they think it's like it can't be a gas because blah, 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 blah. Yeah, but so it's called, it's, that's called liquid. Like, liquid, gas, solid, those are the states of matter. Right. N- never is a liquid called a fluid unless it's like. A liquid is always a fluid. Yeah, but yes, but what I mean is like it's never usually formally called a fluid unless it's like in the body. Or maybe they don't mean fluid like as in liquid. Fluid. Maybe they mean fluid as in like it is fluid. It's like ever changing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe not yeah. as in liquids. Yeah. yeah, maybe that's what they mean. That's fluid. probably what they mean. Fluid. Fluid. 
Um, so yeah, a dynamical, which I didn't think was a word, energy fluid that fills all of space and has the opposite effect on the expansion of the universe as matter and normal energy. Some theorists have named this quintessence after the fifth element of the Greek philosophers. But if it's the answer, no one knows anything about it. So mm. basically that paragraph was useless. Great, thanks. Uh, lastly, the theory that Einstein's theory of gravity is incorrect. But if that's the case, the new gravity theory would have to somehow explain gravity as we know it and the motion of our solar system and explain it exactly as Einstein does, but also have different predictions for other parts of the universe. So like a, an equation that basically does what Einstein does now plus more. Because oh. it, it wouldn't be constant throughout the whole universe. Exactly. But it does work for our solar system for sure, and maybe others, but not everything. Not for this whole dark energy. It's weird that the laws of physics like that were written, we'll call them, or discovered, yeah. we just assume the rest of the universe, the rest of the galaxy, the rest of everything just played by those same rules. And I wonder at what point do they no longer play by those rules? Or if dark matter, or wormholes, or black holes, or time travel like yeah. manipulate, bend, and... Um, yeah, the, just those rules of physics and those laws of physics. Yeah. And taking those numbers and those coefficients like out of the equations, yep. that's crazy. Yep. Uh, so now we're on to dark matter. In a TED Talk Wait, by... Wait, what were we talking about before? Dark energy. Oh. Uh, dark matter now. In a TED Talk by Rizzo Wechler... Wechler, sure hardly even knows it. Hi! In which the entire comment section are all really bad puns and jokes about dark matter. Crazy. Like, they're all just like... Wetchler hardly even knows her. No, they're worse than that. It's just like, so basically she told us much about dark matter as the scientists know. Like this, like stupid people. I'm like, why are you wasting your life? And my, why am I reading it? First of all, mm. anyway. So she takes us back to the Big Bang and explains that in a split second after the Big Bang happened, there was no matter at all. For like a split second, or like a millionth of a nanosecond. Uh I don't know. She said split second. I'm just quoting. Okay, so the universe was expanding incredibly fast, and from what we know about quantum mechanics, is that matter is constantly being created and destroyed. Yes, but at the time of the Big Bang, matter was being created so quickly that the teeter totter teetered a little too tottery, <laughs> <laughs> and matter like you know what I mean? Though like the yeah, teeter totter yeah, yeah. teetered too tottery on one <laughs> side, and matter couldn't be destroyed as quickly as whoop, beat it up as it was being created. So all wait, matter- wait, wait, created or destroyed? Isn't that one of Newton's laws that matter cannot be created or destroyed, just changed uh, states or changed forms? Mm. Yes, that's, yeah, I that's think one it of is. Newton's laws of elemental part of part- particle elemental things. Yeah, maybe that's on Earth. But that's the, that's what I'm talking about. The laws of physics, like those are the laws of physics within our realm and world that matter cannot be created or destroyed, just changed forms. Yeah, now, I think. Like, now it can't be created or destroyed. And when the Big Bang happened, obviously matter could be created or destroyed because there was no matter before the Big Bang. Yeah. Right? I mean, like... Matter didn't exist before the Big Bang. Sure. So obviously it had to be created or destroyed. Sure. Right? So when, during the Big Bang, says Risa and other, you know, scientists that know way more than us, Mm. is that matter was being created and destroyed at an incredibly fast rate, but it was... Because it was expanding so quickly, it was it was being created faster than it could be destroyed. Sure, and therefore um, the excess matter is basically what the universe is. So it's like when you sweep the floor, there's like some <laughs> dust bunnies that like are under the couch. And you don't quite get them. No, and you're like they just live to see another day. Yeah, we are the dust bunnies. 
the whole universe, everything that exists are the dust bunnies that didn't get destroyed because we were going too quick. What a terrible analogy. Thanks. I mean, like, it makes sense, but I just mean, like, it's un- upsetting that we are the I collection of I'm dead not. skin and hair of the universe. Yeah, it wasn't Reese's. It was my analogy. I'm still, it's, it's upsetting to me. <laughs> as long as the quality of the analogy isn't in question. It's the, it's the um, connotation of the analogy. that. Yes, you. yes, 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 <laughs> yes, exactly. What it alludes to. Uh, yeah. So anyway, so all dark matter and regular matter and things that don't even matter were all created then. Great. Scientists had taken a photo of the universe with a telescope called the Planck Satellite. Don't understand it. Tried to look it up, and I was like, nope. Nope. I don't understand how you can take a picture of the universe. That doesn't make sense to me. You can't. I don't understand. I can't. My brain couldn't even go there. And I was like, you know what? I'm too tired, and I'm on page four. Sure. Uh, So this um, photo shows us the temperature of the universe in all directions. In order to see... um, uh, whether it's warmer or denser in certain places. Sure. Right? Yeah. Uh, see if it's got a fever, right? Needs to, <laughs> needs to touch a ch- children's Benadryl now. <laughs> um, and also, there's this, they keep using the word clump, which is also a horrible word. Clump? Yeah. So how dark matter will clump in certain places, like they'll see these clumps. But wouldn't that also, like, could that also not be like a black hole? It cannot be a black hole, and I will tell you why. Okay. Not right now, but in in a few minutes. Keep going. Um, so the scientists have deduced that in the beginning of the universe, the spots that had a little bit more mass had a little bit more gravity. So like as things expanded, certain yep. places just naturally, just randomly got more mass on their spots. Yep. And of course, they had more gravity. And they were the first things to ever have gravity. Sure. And those bits of mass started to pull more mass towards it. Mm-hmm. Until after a while, there's enough mass in one space so that the hydrogen, hydrogen gas, which originally was all mixed up with the dark matter, starts separating from the dark matter. It cools down, forms stars, and begins the creation of individual galaxies. Oh, do we know this for certain? We know this for certain. Over billions of years, those small galaxies crash into each other and make larger and larger galaxies. The reason that this can happen is because of dark matter. You need at least one million times the mass of the sun in one dense region before you can start forming stars. And therefore, galaxies are anything remotely similar to what our universe is today. So dark matter is what pulls it all together, gets the matter in there, and makes the gravitational pull strong enough. But what is it? No one knows, but there are many guesses, and we are much more certain on what it is not than what it is. The most important thing to understand... um, What is the sentence? The most important thing to understand to understand why we don't understand. (laughs) (laughs) That's a perfect sentence, though. Because your your sentence is un... un, 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 Wow. Non-understandable. We'll be right back, folks. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so according to NDT... Who? Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh, thank you. uh, Matter and gravity go hand in hand. Hence the formula of the universe we just discussed. Yeah. So we know how much gravity there is, and we know how it reacts with mass. So scientists, as early as the 1930s, adding up everything they could, planets, galaxies, black holes, dark clouds, comets, stars, and everything else we can see or touch or interact with. They basically, I don't know how they did this, like, wrote down in their, like, People leaf. have frig all to do. <laughs> no, but how do they add up the mass of a black hole? I mean, obviously they can do it, because they did it. But, like, I couldn't begin. Someone was like... Start now trying to add up the mass of that planet over there. Like, well, what's the mass of the planet? Like, no, we don't, you have to find out. Like, I don't know. You know? Anyway, so they added everything that we 
can see. So all these things, they added up. And it did not come close to what we know the mass of the universe would have to be in order to explain of the, the level of gravity that exists. So at the time, in the 1930s, they actually called it, rather than calling it dark matter, they called it missing matter. Ooh. So they were like, here's all the matter we know of. Yep. It's not near how much matter there should be. But where are they getting the number that should be, though? Because of I, somehow they know how much gravity affects things, and therefore gravity is affected by sure, mass. Sure, sure, sure. So because sure. they know there is X amount of gravity, there should be X amount of mass. Exactly. And it's missing. Exactly. Oh, man. So that's really how it was discovered that huge percentages of the universe is comprised of some substance or something that we can't see or interact with. So that's why dark matter or dark energy started to be like, what is going on? We're missing a lot of stuff here. Um, so there are two main theories right now for what it could be. Dark okay. matter. Okay. Machos and wimps. Excuse me? Ever heard of either? No. Machos. Machos, ma- n- nachos and shrimps? Nope. Machos and wimps. Wimps. Like you and me. I'm the macho one. <laughs> and I'm the wimp. <laughs> uh, massive compact halo objects, or machos, are objects ranging in size. They use the M and the A for massive. It's a bit of a weird acronym, but that's what they do. Well, they needed a vowel. Bacho. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but they just call, could have called it like MCHOs. Chos. <laughs> uh, they're objects ranging in size from small stars to supermassive black holes. Machos are made of ordinary matter, like protons, neutrons, and electrons. They may be black holes, neutrons, or brown dwarfs. What? Brown dwarf stars. You know, like a dwarf star? Oh, yes, yes, yeah. yes. I've never heard of them called brown dwarf stars. I think though. they're called brown in that they're not um, a light. Cool. Don't, yeah, which I'll tell you what, why in a second. Cool. Uh, neutron stars and black holes are the final result of a supernova of a massive star and range from 1.4 to three times larger than the sun. Both are very massive. And also, I realized when I was writing this, I just understood what massive was for the first time. It has a lot of mass. It's massive. Yeah. Yeah. Never got that before. I never, I never took the root of the word and went mass. Something that has mass, a lot of mass, massive. I mean, I, I guess, like uh, you're you're right in what you're saying. Yeah, like like it never clicked to me. I never thought like, oh right, the root of the word is mass. Yeah, similar to pancake. We've talked about this before. <laughs> it's a panned cake. And it's, it's a cake made in the pan. You just mass said panned is, cake. Yeah, it's a panned cake. A cake made in the pan. What are you talking about? Panned. Why do you keep adding a D? Because it's a cake made in the pan. It's a panned cake or like a baked cake no like you wouldn't a, say panned when you make a meal in a pan you don't say like that's panned eggs you don't say like pan, oh yeah you do say like pan stir fry yeah like, yeah but, but or if you use fried it, yeah but you use it in the tense like you have panned that cake i don't think that you do <laughs> <laughs> i mean you might yeah i don't think people do but do you understand, like, does it... Oh, like, no, I know what you're saying. Yeah, it was like, very it clear what like you meant. Pants, the past tense of, like, I had panned this cake. I made this cake in this pan. <laughs> I had panned it. People listening are going to pan forward five minutes until we're done this conversation. Uh, so be it. Screw you. Didn't want you listening anyways. I'm joking. Listen. Please listen. Desperate. Um, but yeah, so they're massive, but they're, if they're isolated, they can both be dark. Black holes and, um, what are we talking about? Black holes and neutron stars. Sure. If they're isolated, not around other things, they can be dark, dark and will not absorb light. Okay. But because both result from a supernova, they don't occur naturally, and therefore, there's no evidence showing that they could cause nearly enough dark matter that we know exists. Because sure, there's lots of black holes. Sure, there's lots of neutron stars. But for them to exist in the numbers they would have to for to make up 95% of the universe, not likely. Sure. So then there's WIMPs. 
Weakly, weakly interacting massive particles are the subatomic particles that are not made up of ordinary matter. They are weakly interacting because they pass through ordinary matter without any effects, which we know dark matter can do. They are massive in the sense of having mass. Whether they are light or heavy depends on the particle. The prime candidates include neutrinos, axions, and neutralinos. That sounds like Pokemon. That is exactly what I wrote down. No, you didn't. I shit you not, Jeff. I said, um... oh God, where did I write it? It also sounds like Neutrogena. Yeah, I said, uh, yeah, later on. I'll, never mind, I'll get there. Um, <laughs> neutrinos were first invented by physicists in the early 20th century to help make particle physics interactions work properly. They were later discovered, and physicists and astronomers had a good idea how many neutrinos there are in the universe. Don't know how. No. Nope. Apparently they know the number. The same way they were able to just measure a planet. And yeah, and people are like, I don't think we got enough technology to go to the moon. They're like, we know how many neutrinos there are in the universe. Yep. Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. We're on the moon. Um, Give but, it up. And by the way, there's three neutrinos on the moon. So Three. Uh, take that. But they were, I don't know how many there are. But they were thought to be three. without mass. However, in 1998, one type of neutrino was discovered to have a mass, but it's a moot point because it's too small to contribute significantly to dark matter. There would have to be like infinite amount of them to possibly create the amount of dark matter we know exists. Sure. Axions are particles which have been proposed to explain the absence of an electrical dipole move, mo- electrical dipole moment for the neutron. Basically, why a neutron doesn't have a positive or negative charge. There's a moment where like the particles don't get charged, and therefore it's called the dipole moment. Yeah. Um, although they don't have much mass, there would have been a shitload of them in the Big Bang. So it's possible that Anyway, it's well good. Neutralinos are members of an, it's just it's just so much. I'm like I'm saying so many words I don't know what they mean, but I think I explain them later in a better way, mostly to myself. You keep saying this. I'm gonna explain it later, and I'm gonna explain it later. When does later come? Uh, like forty years. Okay, cool. Uh, neutralinos are members of another set of particles which had been proposed as part of a physics theory known as supersymmetry. Mm. They are massive particles, thirty to five thousand times the mass of a proton. But they are the lightest of the electrical neutral supersymmetric particles. Can you name all the other electrical neutral supersymmetric particles, Jeff? No. (laughs) Me either. (laughs) There's nothing to see here. Uh, Find an emo? No? What? Because the the big stingray thing, that's like the teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, there's phytoplankton. And he keeps doing these songs. There's. But then when Nemo and his dad get into a fight, he goes, there's nothing to see here. Nah. That's a good joke. Did you watch Finding Nemo recently? Sure did. Of course he did. Uh, astronomers and physicists are developing ways of detecting the neutralino, either underground or searching the universe for signs of their interactions. So basically, somehow they know they exist, but they've never seen one. Of course. Uh, so there is a possibility that these massive subatomic particles, if enough of them existed with the right properties at the Big Bang, they may make up the dark matter of the universe. But the neutrino alone doesn't have near the mass, and we can't find any axions or neutralinos, which both sound like Pokemon. Yep. Very rare. We can't find them. Can't find them. Mew, Mew, too. Mew, Mew. You may as well call that. Yeah. Nine tails. Nine tails. In order to find out more about dark matter, scientists are finding ways to look for it. They're building dark matter detectors in deep underground mines, waiting for a dark matter particle which goes through us and the Earth to hit a denser material and leave behind a trace of it being there. It's never happened yet, but they're hoping it's going to hit something that's denser than it is. 
and it'll just leave behind a trace that it was there. Yeah, that seems like a shot in the dark. Seems like a waste of time and money and yeah. efforts. Uh, in the sky, scientists are looking for dark matter particles to crash into each other and create high-energy light that could be seen by some gamma-ray telescopes. Okay. Uh, they're also trying to make dark matter by just smashing particles together in the Large Hydron Collider. Sure. Because that's what they do. They that's what they do. Smash. They're just smooshing booties. Smooshing booties. <laughs> and that is dark matter. Wow. So we know nothing. No. And all that was a waste of time. It wasn't a waste of time because I learned a lot. I learned that uh, dark matter could be a Pokemon or Neutrogena Pro-V Acne Wash. Like, it could be one or the other, to be honest with you. Um, it's in both. There's yeah. been dark matter on a Pokemon card, and there's been dark matter in your shampoo. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that I learned the most was the whole matter-gravity thing. Like, dark matter or dark energy is what is making the universe accelerate in its expansion. Yes. I think that's, that's the biggest thing to latch on to is that. And that's, why, that's how they started with this. They were like, hang on, the universe should be slowing down because gravity. Wait, it's not? Why not? There's another thing. There's 95% of the universe that exists, and we don't know what it is. Oh, this is what's making it accelerate. Yeah, the only thing that can, I can latch on to as an analogy is air. Like, okay. the air in, like, just in your room where we are right now, that, like, if we were to look at this room right now, excuse me, I don't know, let's call it 10, 15% of this entire surface area that we're in right now is filled with objects and us, matter. Right? right, the other eighty percent of this entire space is filled with air. Yep. Now, whatever, of, yeah, yeah. whatever is in the air, we don't know. We can't see it. We can't feel it. Or like yeah. all those kinds of things, but we know it's there. Yeah. And that's the only way I can make an analogy to dark matter is that we know something has to be filling these voids in order for it to happen. Like, do you know what I mean? That's the only <laughs> thing I'm latching on to to kind of make <laughs> that analogy work. Absolutely. Um, do you think though that the reason why we think it exists, which is the mass? and gravity relationship. Do you think there's something funky in that equation and that there's a world that instead of us thinking 5% of the universe is accounted for, that actually all of it is accounted for, but there's something funky in the equation? No. And that we're searching for something that truly doesn't exist? No, I don't think that at all. Cool. Thanks for having a great <laughs> open-minded conversation. <laughs> well, it's just that I just like, it's so... Accepted by all scientists, including Neil deGrasse Tyson, who I just think if he says something, I'm like, great, you're right. I just mean, like, is there not a world where someone was wrong? That's all I have to say. They wouldn't be that wrong. Or, or not that they were necessarily wrong, but the same thing of, like, that discussion we had about the laws of physics, that the laws of physics are here, and they work here, but they don't necessarily work there. Right. And they're well, being out there. Whatever the thing the is, be, there's right? no question that it exists. But, like, Neil deGrasse Tyson had this video watched. That he's like, I don't know why we're calling it dark matter. I don't know why we're calling it dark energy. He's like, we could call it dark gravity. But he's like, even then, he's like, we're limiting ourselves by calling it anything. Yeah. We could call it Fred and Wilma. Yeah. And he literally said that. He's like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. We don't know what it is. And by calling it matter or calling it gravity, we're limiting our minds as to what the possibilities, what, of it what the possibilities are and how we're looking at it. Yeah. So he's like, let's not do that. We know it's there. Yeah. And, it may, and we know how much of the universe it makes up. Yeah. But let's not la label it because no. it'll set construct or set yeah. restraints on how yeah. we study it carrying exactly. forward i think that's what brings the mystery to it as well is that we call it dark matter yeah yeah i don't know yeah. cool i like it and it's dark the dark part is obvious because it's dark it um you know it doesn't absorb light it doesn't emit light so it's physically dark but the matter is what neil grass is like let's not call it matter 
because it's not. We don't know if it's matter. Like we don't know what it is. It doesn't matter what we call it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I like it, buddy. Yep. I mean, for like, let's be let's be honest. For a topic that you can't know anything about, I think you did a lovely job. You're always so kind to compliment me afterwards, aren't you? Well, because I think you do a good job. Yeah, but you're consistent with it, and it's really nice. Is it because you consistently do a good job? I hope so, but also even if I don't, and you tell me that I do, I'm going to coast on that. Cool. Well, I think you do a lovely job, Evan. I think um, you're the best co-host a friend could have. And the only one. And the only one, yeah. And I'll no one you else, if you ever get a new one. No one else wanted to do it. Okay, <laughs> so now to my topic, which is cable TV. <laughs> so before we started jeff was like i think i should go first i was like no it's my week to go first it's like yeah but you're doing dark matter i'm doing cable tv i'm like well i wanted to hear about cable tv i'm very excited about it do it but it wasn't until i just did that and then you said cable tv i was like oh yeah i know you're right yeah it's stupid it's not that it's stupid. No, it's but just it's like, like there's an anticlimactic nature to it when you just say cable TV. Yeah. But you're going to tell me all about it. It's going to be fascinating. And you're, there's going to be way more definitiveness than there was with mine. Well, I certainly hope so. Yep. And Who's we're going to have a great time talking about it. We better. Uh, so, Evan, why are we talking about cable TV today? Okay. Well, it's very specific. Please. And it was this was like before we ever started the podcast, we were just coming up with ideas, like our basic list of, of uh, topic ideas. Yeah. Mine was like, okay reruns like when we had cable because we didn't get satellite for the first time until i was like i don't know 12 or 13 probably sure so we had cable all grown up when i see a rerun of like the one that always comes to mind is the friends thanksgiving episode where they play football and that russian girl's there yeah until, great yeah, episode great episode but it was always been like why is this always on and who is controlling this is someone sitting in a booth at whatever station i was watching it on and going, okay, next up is this, and next up is that, and then how do they send it to me? Like and, an MTV DJ. <laughs> yeah, kind of. And like, and how am I how am I getting that? And sure. Yeah. And 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 how are they? It's like, you know, you get your TV guide. Yeah. And that would tell you what's gonna be playing for the next week. Yeah. So that's all predetermined. But does someone have to physically put on the next thing? Because at that time there was no digital recordings. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, when I was watching TV years ago, uh-huh. in, like, 1995... Sure, you were watching a... it when you were three, were you? Yeah, I watched a lot of Sharon Lewis and Bram, Sesame Street. <laughs> um, but there was no digital recordings. Says you, but okay. Oh, there were digital recordings? Well, how the hell did they record a period? On film. Yeah. Anyways, all right. Let's dive into cable TV. Okay, yeah, so this is my question. Sure. Uh, so I'm going to explain a couple of things. Okay. So I'm going to, uh, describe the distribution of the signal and kind of how it works a little bit. Uh, and that'll be kind of the sciencey portion of it. Then we'll go into what you just asked, which is how they decide and how they schedule and blah, 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 blah. And then just a little bit about, about the industry. Okay, cool. So, um, First off, when you said, well, we had cable, but then we had satellite, but then we had this and that, an easy way to think about it is just content, okay? There is content that we have, whether the content is the news, sports, movies, TV, whatever right. it is. You have content. Yeah. And someone creates the content, and then you view the content. Right. The difference between it being what people call cable TV or satellite or fiber, it's just the vehicle of how you get to watch the content. Yeah. Right? So, But, but there was the, a time where there was only cable, right? I mean, te- technically, yes, but also no at the same time. Oh. 
Yeah. So, and I'll kind of explain that a little bit. But okay. essentially, it all works the same way. It's just how it gets to you on the last step. Right. Right. So essentially what happens is, is that someone will obviously create the content, mm -hmm. right? They will store it in either a digital form or film form, however they want to actually have it. Okay. okay? Then they'll have their distribution center. Okay. Okay. Um, so what the distribution center will be, will be like, um, you know, your, your main stations. Okay. It's so like CBC, NTV, MTV, CBS, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. Okay. They actually upload the information from their hub to a satellite into the sky. The satellite then will take that information and shoot it back down to multi-system operators, MSOs. Okay? okay, an MSO could be directly CBS, CBC, PBS, those kinds of things, right. and distribute them to subscribers directly, or they will be pushed to service providers, okay. like Bell Alliant, Rogers, right. and when you go to different countries, different providers. Yeah, and then they take that information, and then they distribute it to their service uh, to their uh, subscribers, right? Right, like me and you and John Blow next next door. Yeah, right. So that's kind of the travel of the path of travel we'll call it okay okay but it's all done through that initial satellite the distribution from like so have you ever driven this is going to be a very contextual example for people in newfoundland right but ntv is the uh local television station here yes right have canada, you ever canada superstation yeah uh, have you ever driven next to the ntv building yes i've been in the there's massive area. satellites yes so they will create their content or they'll get their content yeah they'll take it on that satellite shoot it up to the satellites and then that'll get shot down to Bell Alliance main hub, wherever that is. Yeah. It could be one here. It could be Montreal. Who knows? Okay. They gather that information and then distribute it to In their customers. In what format? Through the satellite, digitally. Yeah, but how do they gather it? Well, I'm t through the satellite. I'm telling uh, you. So they're through their satellite. They have a satellite on the ground as well. They yep. gather it from that. And then how do they send it off to other people? Yeah. So here we go. Okay. So cable television... Okay, or what we're talking about is a system of delivering television programming to consumers via radio frequency. Signals transmitted through coaxial cables, or in more recent systems, light pulses through fiber optic cables. Right. Okay. Uh, so to receive cable television at a given location, cable distribution lines must be available at local utility poles or underground utility lines. Coaxial cable brings the signal to the customer's building through a service drop. Or it would be on light poles? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. So overhead or underground cable. If the subscriber's building does not have a cable service drop, the cable company will install one. There are two standards for cable television, the older analog and the newer digital, okay. which can carry data signals used by digital television receivers such as HDTV equipment. Right. In the most common systems, multiple television channels, as many as up to 500, are distributed to subscribers to subscribers. Sorry, uh, a residence is through a coaxial cable, which comes from a trunk line supported on utility poles. Like I said, originating at a cable company's local distribution facility called the head end. And, and does that that spot get it through satellite as well? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, many channels can be transmitted through one coaxial cable by a technique called frequency division multiplexing. Sure. Mm. At the head end, which is their, like, we'll call it better line, um, each television channel is translated to a different frequency. 
by giving each channel a different frequency slot on the cable, the separate television signals do not interfere with one another. Do you understand that? Yeah. Yeah. I do. So like you know how you have like channel three is NTV, channel four is MTV, and like it's a frequency. You're changing it's a the frequency. frequency of your television. Exactly. And the frequency will travel through the coaxial cable. So likewise, like just to put this in perspective for like of the way I understand it. It's like when you're on walkie-talkies. Yeah. But you had like those high-tech ones where you're like, oh, you're uh, on channel two. Yeah. And somebody else is on channel one, you're picking up their frequency or whatever. It's like, yeah. can you switch to channel six? Yeah. It's the same thing. The exact same. So your TV. By principle. Yeah. Your TV is changing frequencies when you change channels. Exactly. And in that coaxial, which is copper, within, with the, within that cable, yeah. they have frequencies traveling through that. And the frequencies wow. go from 1 to 500 or like however many channels you have on your TV. That's yeah. how many frequencies are built into that. And that's all the information. Right? So that's how they distribute it. Right. Right? Um, so do you understand a little bit on that distribution? Or do you need me to go back and kind of explain no, it a little it bit better? very well done, I think. Cool. Yeah. Excellent. Um, so let's talk about your second question, which is – or your main question, we'll call it, in terms of – how you actually see these programs and how they're designed and stuff right. like that, okay? So there's actually a person responsible for that. Okay. There's a person responsible for creating the cable schedule. Okay. Okay? Now, it's not like someone sits down and they look at the entire timetable at 8 p.m. on all 500 channels that Bill Align provides. No. no. Every um, station. station and every – well, not – yeah, I guess station or um, – yeah, we'll call them station. Um, they have their own – uh, person who is designed to do that, and they'll write the entire programs for however long in advance. Right. And they do it strategically to kind of create hype on certain programs. Yeah, it's a lot like why certain, like the newer programs, like they get the 9 p.m. slot or whatever. Exactly. Like the 9 PM yeah, yeah. Eastern time. Or so the person in charge of putting together a TV network's schedule is the director of network programming. Okay. Uh, the job goes by many names, including President of TV Entertainment, Senior Vice President for TV Programming, or Vice President of Program Scheduling. Director of Network Programming is one of the highest positions in television production and mm. requires a broad range of business, creative, technical, and interpersonal skills. To understand the job of a Director of Network Programming, you must first understand that network television is a business like any other. Mm. The goal is to make money. Yep. Not to entertain the masses or the viewers. Right. A television show success or failure is determined largely by the Nielsen ratings. The Nielsen ratings tell potential advertisers how many people watch a specific show, when they watch it, and they break it down by age, sex, demographic, race, and so on and so forth. Right. Based on these ratings numbers, uh, based on these ratings numbers, sorry. Advertisers can decide which TV program best fits their targeted audiences. Right. This is why there are so many beer and truck commercials during, like, you know, football and hockey, and then there's yeah. so many weight loss and wrinkle cream ads during Lifetime movies of the week. Right. It's just very tailored to yep. the audience in which they're there for. If the shows on one network consistently get lower ratings than shows on another network, advertisers might decide to take their business elsewhere. Yeah. The job of the director of network programming is to gauge constantly shifting and fragmented uh, audience tastes to build a morning, daytime, and primetime TV schedule that draws the most viewers possible. Right. That means higher ratings, better advertising sales, and more profit for the company. Right. Right. Scheduling is figuring out how to balance all of these new ideas with exciting, uh, sorry, with existing shows in a way that entices rather than alienates the audiences. 
If you move a hit show around too much, viewers might get lost. But if a primetime lineup gets too stale, viewers might go elsewhere looking for fresher ideas. Scheduling uh, is part of a TV's uh, TV network's overall business strategy. Okay, So to make the most amount of money possible, the network might find that the existing shows aren't pulling in enough young male viewers. Right. We'll just say. Uh, the director of network programming might decide to throw a new... I don't know, different show that might entice them uh, or like a reality show, who's to say, into a particular p- primetime lineup to convince more young males or young females viewers to stick around and keep watching. Right. Right. Um, this was the philosophy behind the old tent pole strategy used for years by the big four American TV networks, ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox. Yeah. So with the tent pole strategy, a network introduced new shows in between two confirmed hits. Ah. Yeah. Hoping that the hit shows would act as tent poles, pulling up the ratings of the new shows. Um, you want to watch the one, you want to watch show A and show C, so you just wait for show B. And you'll watch B. Yeah. Yeah. The biggest rating success of this strategy was NBC's Friends. Which, really? Which debuted at 8.30 p.m. Thursday night in between the hits, Mad About You and Seinfeld. Really? Yeah. Because especially only a half an hour sitcom. It's like, yeah, I'll wait half an hour. See what this is about. Exactly. Wow. Yeah, it's super enticing. And it's way more of a hit now than Mad About You ever was. I mean, Seinfeld. I, don't, was, I haven't even heard of Mad About You. If I'm being honest with you, I've heard of it, but I've never watched it. I think yeah, I've watched an episode here or there. Yeah. But so again, because dir- I was waiting, it was ten pulled with something that was better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, so to directly answer your question, yes, quite literally. Somebody sits down and they say, how can we optimize our viewership to the best ability imaginable? And they look at the uh, statistics and the analysis based on all these other things that they're getting in. Right. And they create a schedule. Do they, do they also decide, like, say they're putting on a Friends rerun? Do they decide which episode they're putting on? Absolutely. So why do they put, sometimes they put the same episode on so many times? Well, see, here's the thing. So when we look at the industry itself. Yeah. Okay, and this is kind of the next point I was going to get into, but I'll explain it now, um, is the way the industry works is someone will create a TV show. Someone comes up with an idea, they write it, cast it, and so on and so forth. Mm. There's two ways it usually happens. A, someone does it independently through funding or just like whatever the case may be, they yeah. create the show. And they will then sell that show. Okay, right. Or you'll have a major broadcaster yeah. Or a network, sorry. Contact a writer and say, I want this. Yeah. Exactly. And they will actually create the show themselves. And yeah. that's normally what's happening yeah. now. So what ends up happening then is, depending on that particular network, if they own the rights to the show, they can do whatever they want. They can play it whenever they want, however they want, in whatever context, whatever episode. Right. So in some instances, they might look and say, season two, episode eight is always a banger. Everyone loves it. Everyone watches it. Right. And therefore, because it has the highest ratings out of any other episode, advertisers will pay more money to get hit on that episode. Mm. So they play it more for a 30-second episode, or for, right. sorry, for a 30-second ad, we can make $300,000. Right. So why wouldn't we? Right. Right, so that kind of answers that question of why you see the same episodes over right. and over again. And they don't expect, like you know, thirteen-year-old Evan to be sitting there watching TV all day because he's sick. So he's hitting the Friends episode at nine a.m. and at four p.m. and it's the same episode. But it's yeah, like, well, 
very rarely is the same person sitting there watching it. Exactly. Right. So there are strategies on why or where they'll put the episodes and which episodes they play more than others. Right. Um, but there are also instances where secondary networks will actually purchase rights to the show as well. Oh. So, for instance, NBC with Friends, TBS or PBS or whatever right. station. Or Brooklyn, or, Brooklyn Nine-Nine switched networks, didn't they? Well, that was because one network dropped them. Oh. And another one picked, picked them, them up. up. Right. Yeah. Um, but someone could buy the rights to them. Right. Right? And the rights may be very specific. Mm. You only have access to two seasons. Right. Season three and season four. Right. Or you can have the whole access to it, but you can only play it six times a week. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, And so their purchase agreement or their rental agreement or lease agreement of that content yeah. and how they distribute it is very specific. Right. Which is why you get a tailored experience when you sit down and watch it. Right. Right. So essentially, when the content is created, mm. the content is then sold to all these network companies. Right. And network companies will have specific agreements, like I said a second ago, on how they actually want to distribute the information. Right. Okay. They then create a schedule, will sell advertisement time, make all sorts of money, make the money back yeah. from when they bought the rights to that show. Yeah. Then they send their program up to the satellite. Satellite then sends it back to the service providers. Or directly to the customer itself, depending on the subscription. Yeah, yeah. Then the service. Yeah, right. Pro- yeah. So if I have a satellite dish on my house, which people used to have all the time. Yep. They're just sending it directly to your house. No, it would still hit Bell. And then hit you. It would hit a second satellite, right. and then come down to you. So I remember the thing when we had satellite TV is there would be like if it was stormy or if it was this or if it was that, your satellite could go and you couldn't watch TV. Yeah, it sucked. Yeah. But it's great for remote areas. Yeah. So. What ended up happening is so like if you if when it when it hits that first satellite yeah and it hits and then it comes back down to Bell and Rogers and Eastlink and all the other uh, telecom companies yeah okay then they have to decide how they're going to distribute that content right to you right or me right so then you have many different ways on how they did that right because if you're out in the boons they can't get a coax to you they can't get fiber to you so it's like satellites your option yeah um. Does that all make sense? Yeah. Does that kind of answer those questions a little bit for you? Yeah. My one other question, which you may have already answered, but maybe I didn't understand, was like, so say, you know, let's use just use Friends for an example because sure. we, we have been. Why not? Like, you can watch Friends on more than one station. Yep. So if a company or if a, a station owns Friends, so say yep. NBC owns Friends or who owns Friends? I think NBC. I think okay. you're right. So say NBC owns Friends. Well, you can watch Friends on the whatever network sure, yeah, yeah. or with this show and this and this yep nbc just sells it to them exactly so whoever whomever owns friends whether right. it's nbc whether it's john friends whoever like created right. or wrote it do you know what i mean right john friends that was <laughs> nice um exactly they sell those rights for those people right. to so that comp that that station is like you know what Friends let, is let, a killer. Friends is a killer. Let's get it because we'll make so much money on ads. It'll be worth how much we're spending on friends. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And so it kind of trickles down by the billions. Yeah. So friends or NBC will make billions. Yeah. The secondary and tertiary networks will make like millions. Yeah. And then the Bell Alliance and stuff like that will make hundreds of thousands. Right. Right. Just by playing. Like it's shocking how much money goes into this. Yeah. Because of that advertising space. Right. It all just Wild. trickles down. Yeah. And it goes back and forth. Um, but it also kind of goes the other direction as well. Like Bell will also pay the um, companies, the, the networks, to allow them to have access to their distributions. 
right? So like yeah, so yeah, Bell so, will then so, pay NBC yes, right. in order for them to have oh, access I, to distribute. Yeah, yeah. Like when you get your pack, we haven't had like Tiffany and I haven't had a cable or satellite or five TV ever. Yeah, because we just use Netflix and streaming services. Yeah, because that's just the time we're living in. But like. I remember when we had satellite as a kid, like you could pick your package. Yeah. Do you want, you know, these channels or those the channels? good, so better, so or so best? That's, it's Bell paying for yep. the company, paying for different things. And exactly. then you could pay more if you want those extra channels that they're paying more for. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So um, that's kind of how that is designed and why you see rerun runs, we ones, we ones, and, and why you see the schedule of certain TV channels and networks and stuff like that. Right. Cool. Yeah. Did I answer the question about satellite and about the differences between them? Yeah. Okay, cool. I just want to make sure I covered that. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of covers cable TV. Yeah. Right. Someone creates that schedule literally. Yeah. So like when you're like, there's a Harry Potter marathon on. Yep. It's like some showcase. Someone was like, we're doing this. Literally, showcase has the best marathons. Yeah. Every year around yeah. all of the major holidays, they play Star Wars and Harry Potter, and yeah. it is deadly. Showcase and uh, science, or science or so, sorry, space. And so do they? They bought the okay, rights so I think, from Warner Brothers. No, I understand that. Okay. But only for that weekend. They don't own them personally. I, I, I don't know. The, right. Who, like, knows? Yeah, who knows? Who yeah. knows? They could own them the entire time. They could right. only own them. But it could also, the agreement could be like, no, 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 you own those rights. But every time you play it, yeah. you owe us a million dollars. Yes. So right. they have to be strategic right. on when they play it. But they're, so does it matter how many people then go and watch that on whatever weekend? Yeah. Because, because they're going, oh, last year we played Harry Potter and 20 million people watched it. So all the ad companies. Yes. So that's where the money is. It's precisely. the ad companies. Yep. Okay. So the ad companies will go and go, holy Lord, die. And during Easter, yeah. you know, the return, of, you know. Yeah. During Prisoner of Azkaban, yeah. 40 million people were watching Showcase. Yeah. And the targeted audience for Harry Potter is X and we sell right. Y. So let's spend... Five hundred thousand yeah. dollars for two thirty-second, like, yeah. and so on and so yeah. forth. You see, kind of how that goes. Amazing. Yeah. Um, some fun facts for you. Okay. Just about the industry that I came across on my own. It's, I love it's fun mostly facts. money-based. Okay. Right on how much money is actually in this industry. Sure. And that. So, about friends. All well. First off, how much do you think the actors got paid? Oh, I think I at one point I knew this. A uh, hundred thousand an episode. Okay, all six cast members. Yeah. So Courtney Cox, Jennifer Aniston, Javis. I'm not going to name them all. Receive two percent of syndication income. So syndication income is reruns. Okay. Oh yeah, that's a lot of money. Oh yeah. So I was just thinking during the filming. No, no, but no. But like when that's over. They're making money on reruns. Friends ran for 10 seasons, so arguably we'll call it 10 years. It ended in what, numbers. like 2005? It started 19 to 1992. It ended 2002, I think. So Someone for the last 18 us. years, they're still making 2%. 2% of all gross profits from the syndication. Wow. Which That's a, a good deal. Which is about, guess how much that money is. How much they would have gotten by now? No. How much, how much they get per year each. I don't know, fifty million. Oh, that's a big number, Evan. Not, yeah, that's too big. Each of them get fifty million dollars. Yeah, a year. you're right. That's too much. Yeah, two million. Let's meet in the middle. Twenty million. Each actor gets twenty million dollars a year. They're done working. 
They do nothing. They just dedicated 10 lives to that show. Jennifer Aniston is still actively working, as far as I know. Matt LeBlanc had some. They don't need to. No. They could all retire when Friends was over. $20 million a year. Do you know what that means? That means they can actively have a mortgage that is like like $1.9 million a month. Yeah. Like something, something stupid like yeah, that yeah, or more. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, isn't that stupid? Stupid. Stupid. Uh, for each year. The show brings in about $1 billion per year for Warner Brothers. Still. Still. Think of Netflix. Think of the amount of money Netflix oh paid God. for that. The stars were paid $75,000 per episode in season three. 95. Yep. $85,000 per episode in season four. 100000 in season five. 125 in season six, 750 per episode in season seven and eight, and one million an episode from nine and ten. <laughs> Making Aniston and Cox and Kudrow the highest paid TV actresses of all time. Wow. Now, I don't know when... Remember how we said in a previous episode of, like, you saw the data and you're like, oh, well, when was this written? Oh, 25 years ago? Well, that can't be accurate. I have no idea if that's... I didn't well, look yeah, on I the date. Well, I can this. In Game of Thrones, which finished last year, yeah. um, the lead actresses in that show were paid 100000 an episode for the last season. So. The cast members, Kit Harrington, who plays Jon Snow, Amelia Clark, <laughs> Daenerys Targaryen, and Lena Headley... Yep. Cersei Lannister, Peter Dinklage, and Nicolaj Coster Valdo, maybe? Jamie? I don't know how I pronounce the last name. We're making about 500000 an episode. Oh, 500000 By oh. the end, which is 2007. Right. Or, no, 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 that ended last year. I was in Florida during the finale. No, you were not. You watched it at my house. Oh, sorry. I was in, I was in Florida during the um, Battle of the Waterford, it's called. White, the White Walker battle. Sure. But you, we watched the finale. The one where Arya stabs Buddy. Yeah. That one I watched in Florida. Was that not the final episode? No, 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 no it wasn't. Yeah, you're right, two you're, more. Right, you're right. You're right. Um, Breaking Bad. Brian Cranston takes home a cool 225000 per episode, while Paul earns $150,000. Who's Paul? Paul is the. Did you watch Breaking Bad? Yeah. It's Jesse. Oh, okay. I wasn't yeah. sure. Oh, Aaron Paul. Aaron Paul. Aaron Paul. Right. I just was. Sorry, Cranston. Brian Cranston. Yeah, yeah, I got Aaron you. Paul. Yeah. Um, that's interesting because the episode is twice as long. No, this is per episode. That's what I'm saying. It's twice as long as Friends. Oh well, it's just like it's just the money. It has nothing to do with the length. We're no, no, no. About I know. I'm just like I'm just saying. Yeah. Presumably, the amount of time it takes them to film an episode. Yeah. Is twice as long as it takes them to film a Friends episode because it's 22 minutes versus like 45. And I mean, if we want to get into the nitty gritty of like how much work or how much labor, like dollar per hour or dollar per effort. Yeah. Like I'm like not to belittle sitcoms, but like the the. <sighs> I'm going to sound terrible saying this, but like, I'm sure it required more work and effort and emotion and to, to create an act in Breaking Bad than it would be to act in Friends. I would think so as well. And but I, like, I agree why you're like, eh, sort of beating around the bush about it. But like, yeah, like it, the stakes are much higher for sure. Yeah. The, the emotion is there. The yeah. dramatology. What's the well, word I want to use? Drama. I mean, the emotion is there in Friends as well. Like, there's some heavy stuff going on. There certainly is. But 
that you can't. It's it's very different. And also, the energy is, that it requires for that level of comedy as well is also very high. Yeah, and See also I mean? like ten seasons, and you're you're building the, a character arc for ten seasons. Yeah, so but yeah, but like you're talking about a. F- but like, if we look at the actual amount of screen time, mm-hmm. like a season of Breaking Bad had like fifteen episodes. Friends had like twenty to twenty-two. I'm I may have right right, but like Breaking yeah. Bad was forty-eight or to fifty-two. Friends was twenty-two. So yep. the like, and also the, time, the right? amount of leads were significantly less in Breaking Bad. Like Brian Cranston is on screen for a lot of time. Almost, you know, like there are episodes where he doesn't leave the screen for forty-five minutes. Whereas and, like there are episodes where it's like Joey might be on screen for four minutes. Yeah. I don't know, I, but like at the end of the day, I think it goes right back to the sentence I said almost at the beginning, which is that job, the person, like TV companies and stuff like that, it's about making money. Yep. It's not about creating the art or pleasing the people. At the end of the yep. day, it's how many people are watching the show, yep. is the demographic marketable, yep. and are companies willing to pay to put their product in front of that demographic? Yeah. And then they just take those statistics, those numbers, that market, create a schedule, yeah. and then send it off for distribution. Yeah. That's the nice thing about because I'm listening to the Good Place podcast right now. Yeah. And one of the things that every single person – that's a cool thing about that type of podcast too is that like the guy who's hosting it is Mark Evan Jackson who plays um, – in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, he plays Kevin. Oh, cool. He's in the Good Place as well. And he plays um, Sean the – Anyway, doesn't matter. Doesn't I don't matter. want to spoil it. No. Nope. But because um, I obviously haven't seen it. Hashtag yeah. episode one. Yeah, but you, but you need to watch it. Um, but everybody says, like, this crew, this cast, this everything, there is no ego. Like, the, the, the creator, Mike, Mike Shore, that's his name, like, from 25 minutes ago, and I couldn't think of it. Well done. Mike Shore. And he's, if you watch The American Office, you love that, right? Yep. Yeah. So the guy who plays Cousin Moe's. I can't think of him. Um, so what's his nibs? Who's like the not Michael, but Dwight. Yes, Tiffany is rolling. I know, I know, I know. I know. Dwight's cousin Moe's. He's like he, he never oh, he yes, never has a line, he yes, just stands yes, there. Yes, cousin yes, Moe's is yes, Mike Short. Yes, he was one of the writers yes. and creators of the office as well. Oh, cool. And Parks and Rec, but he created the good place. So nice. and like that was like a um like a like a fraternity sort of like initiation thing that he had to be cousin Moe's. He's like, I'm not being on camera. Like, yes, you are. You'll never speak him, but you're going to be cousin Moe's. Yep. I love it. So that's it. him. It's funny. So anyway, he, everybody who says they're on a Mike Shore show, there is no ego. It's Mike Shore asks you to do something. And whether you're the head of costumes, you're the head of sets, everybody says, like he says, okay, in this episode, we need, you know, 300 um, monk outfits and four drafts. And every department goes, okay. Yep. And they just write it down. It's like, and that's the type of show that it is. And that's deadly, but like, it's amazing. But that's the content. What do you mean? That's the content. Like, that's them saying, we will do whatever we can. We create the content done. Yes. We've created the content. And then then it's the business after that. That's how the content gets to your house, right? That's where it gets crappy because at first, originally, the best, we'll call it, content or acting or TV shows or whatever, if for whatever reason it didn't speak to the lowest common denominator, didn't bring in the most people, didn't, yeah. you know, get those demographic and eyes on the screen, they would never play it. Yep. Right? But now, one thing as I read is that the entire industry has shifted. Right. Because now, uh, networks aren't buying or creating as much content because Netflix is doing it. And Amazon right. Prime is doing it. And all and these people, no commercials. the distribution centers are creating it. Right. So they're skipping two steps. They're skipping the original creation. They're skipping the networks. And they're, they're going straight to the distribution. 
how is it that Netflix can not have ads? Because they are taking a subscription amount directly out of your pocket every month. No, I know. But I was paying, like, you know, not me, but anybody was paying way more than twelve ninety nine for cable. For the no, 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 no. So think about it this way: you pay twelve ninety nine for one station. There you go. Right. So for every frequency within this, within yeah. six hertz, they paid six dollars. Right. Yep. Or twelve dollars, depending on the value of the station. Right. Yep. So that's how they made their money back. Now for Netflix, for instance, yeah, they have a massive library. Yeah. Right. Um. But what you'll notice is that a lot of these agreements, like, they'll come in and then they'll come out. Right. Right? It's a, so it's, one thing yeah. I notice, and I notice it because we talk about it a lot, one of my favorite movies, The Mummy. Yeah. The Mummy is in a constant limbo of being in and out of Netflix. Right. It's also in a constant limbo of being in and out of network television. Right. So. Is it when it's on one it's not on the other? I don't know. I can't speak to that directly. Right. But what I find, and, and this is just me being me. I could be completely wrong. It's that they'll put it on Netflix. People will watch it on Netflix. Yeah. Maybe once. Yeah. Love it. Man, what a deadly movie. I love Brendan Fraser. Take it away. Take it away. Then well, well, I can't wait until George of the Jungle comes on here. <laughs> <laughs> Said no one ever. Honestly. But then they're sitting around scrolling. What are we going to watch? Oh, man, The Mummy. Remember? Remember when we watched The Mummy? Right. Or The Mummy Returns comes on. Oh, we didn't get to see the second one because it came off Netflix. Oh, we hate Netflix. Let's watch it on AMC. Right. They turn it on, then they get all their money back on that on right. the on the ads. Right. Right. So there there is a science and years and years and years of market research development yeah. and strategizing that allows us to take in the content, but also for them to profit from it. But the industry is completely shifted with Netflix and stuff like that. Yeah. And um, cool. That's it. That's all I have. It's amazing how how much it has shifted like in terms of like i it, we didn't ever have cable but like you know people spend 50 60 bucks a month on just cable so for me i go okay well i've got netflix which is 12.99 a month yeah i got disney plus which is not that like 9.99 a month or whatever, whatever it is yep and um and then I don't have I, we have, we'll have out TV, but we just steal Phil Goodridge's. Yeah, that's well done. He sent me his password and username. Yep. Um, so we can watch RuPaul. But then, like, okay, so Crave has the Canadian Drag Race on there, and also a f- few great shows I really want to watch. Like, for, for at one point we had Crave, but we canceled Netflix. Yeah. Got Crave, and then we watched a couple of great shows on Crave. Canceled Crave, got Netflix. But yep. really, we could have them all. Yeah. For and like fifty bucks a month. Yep. So here's the thing. This is what I've been saying. I'm agreeing with what you're saying about like at the end of the day. So it's funny because the industry is shifting to itself. So before everybody had to pay or try to pick up signal from ABC, NBC, NBA, all these stations by the networks by themselves until all these service providers came in and said, no, 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 screw that. We're going to amalgamate all of them here for you. Yeah. You pay one monthly subscription to us, and we give you access to all of it. It's unlimited. Go mad. Yeah. Everything they give, and you were like, wow, we. Yeah. Now, we're at the point where, uh, I guess, inflation and market and blah, 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 blah. It's way too much money. Yeah. Right? It's just way too much money. And everyone's going, screw this. They cancel the massive s- subscription, yeah. and then they go to Netflix. Yeah. But now Netflix will only give them a scheduled amount of TV shows, similar yeah. to, we'll call it NBC. Right? And then they go, well, geez, this show's on Amazon Prime. Right. So then they subscribe to Amazon Prime for 17 bucks a month, yeah. which would be equivalent to like 
TBS or NTV. Right. And then they subscribe to Apple TV and right. then to Disney Plus and then to Hulu and then yeah. to Crave TV and all of these options Yeah. until essentially they're paying the same amount and they have the same amount of subscription value as if it was before the main service providers came into play. But the difference is... But I'll tell you now, no, just wait. In 10 years from now, a company is going to come out mm. that amalgamates Netflix, Apple TV, Hulu, Amazon, all of these companies, their library of TV stuff, mm. amalgamates it to one subscription base. And then we have the new Bell Alliant, the new Rogers, the new Eastlink. It's the right. exact same premise of content, original distributors, secondary distributors, distributors, tertiary distributors. But the difference is with the subscription basis is you can watch anything at any time yeah. and keep watching episode after episode after episode. Yeah. You can't do that on your Bell 5, can you? you well, you well you can now because of on-demand. Oh. But at the time when original service providers came out, there wasn't enough bandwidth for them no. to have control over it. They yes. just had to distribute the signal that was coming from the satellite. Right, right, right. But yeah. now with mainframes and enough bandwidth, they're able to actually distribute it accordingly. Right. But like, I see that shift already coming that that's going to happen soon. Mm. Um, and it's, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Also, I'd like to make a note. Yes. And I'm just going to like toot my own horn for a second. Please do. Okay. Um, I like hardly read from my iPad. <laughs> no, you didn't. You I didn't. Did, like no. I was eye contact. Like I feel like I know this. Yeah. Well, I mean, you worked for Bell Lion for half a decade. Yeah, but I mean, that's. I guess. I, I mean, that definitely helped. Yeah. And but also, anyways. you're an intelligent human. Oh, you're welcome. I guess we're both complimenting each other. I guess so, but I was only doing it because you complimented me. So you don't actually think I'm an intelligent human? No, no, I really, really do. Hmm. There we go. Eh. Well, that just ruined that episode for me. So here we go. No, Jeff. Well, At one done. point, every episode you say, well, that ruined that. Well, maybe because at some point you hurt my feelings. Ooh. Yeah. That cuts deep. And it does. Slytherin. Definitely Slytherin. Yeah. We have our moments. We Slytherins? You're not Slytherin. I know. I'm a wannabe Slytherin, which is kind of like a Gryffindor feature. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And also, so similar. Mm -hmm. A lot of similarities between Gryffindor and Slytherin. They share a lot. Um, And I'm, you know, I'm a Slytherin with Gryffindor tendencies. I think I'm a Gryffindor with Slytherin tendencies. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there are some, like, hardcore Gryffindors. You know what I mean? Like, just, like, full on. Oh, yeah. And we're like, we know them. We know some hardcore Slytherins. Yep. But, yeah, I think you and I, I think we, I agree with exactly what you said. Yep. Um, Anyway, that is episode 16. Yep. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. And before we started, I thought this might be a dud. Yep. I, th- I mean, out of all of the possible topic uh, topics that we had, this definitely had the most potential to be like a... Yeah. But one thing that we're doing is coming up with topics more in advance than we used to. Like It used to be like we record typically on Sundays. Yep. And it would be Friday when we go... We haven't come up with a topic yet. We haven't come up with a topic. Quick, think, 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 think. think. Go on a walk. Come on, let's go on a walk. Think, think, think. Okay, you do that, and I'll do. I don't know. Uh, what do you want to know about? Placemats. Done. <laughs> <laughs> and then Saturday would be like, oh my god, I got to do research. You work on Saturdays right now. I do. So it's like, ah. Anyway, we get it. Watch done. out for that tree. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and. Uh, Anyway, it would be like, you know, 7.30, you'd come over and be like, hang on, I just need to read through this. I haven't read through this yet. And I'd be like, me either. But like now we're at the point where we've had had topics for two weeks in a row. 
And like, we have next week. For like a month. And we've had next week's. Yeah, and we have yeah. next week's. Yeah. So we're doing good. And I think we should continue that pattern. Like, I'm into it. Once we finish next week's, we're off for a couple weeks because I'm on vacation. Yep. But all the content is recorded and ready to go. Yeah. Um, but I still think in that time, we should have our, our future topics and just be ready to go. Yeah. Now, on that note, I mean, I'm, I'm jumping a, a little bit on this, but like, please send us some. You've got yes. a couple weeks to send us some topics. Yep. We're, we're itching. We're very, very excited about yeah. it. And I, I love, like, we've got some stuff that I'm really interested to do already. Yes. But I'm, I'm also really interested in, like... I find our best... To- not, I, I don't want to use the word the best topics, but some of the most interesting for me to research as well yeah. are the, the send-ins. Yeah. Because some of the... Like, the, the premise about this is that we, dis- we discuss and explain things to each other that we should know, but what we don't. Yeah. So the foundation for that is that we don't understand things. So we're constantly trying to find things that we don't understand, yeah. which is weird because you don't know you don't know something until you find out that you don't right. know it. So which somebody is- says, hey, can you explain this? You go... Yeah. Also, I don't know that. Yeah. Also, by the way, there were some topics that were sentenced. I was like, well, I know all about that, so I don't want to explain it. I spent five minutes, and I'm like, I know nothing about this. Yeah. And they're really big wow factors for us, mm-hmm. and it really speaks wonders to truly how stupid we are. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think we should get away from the word stupid. Because no, you, I think we're stupid. Do you? Do you no. think the average people know about all the things we're talking about? No, but arguably we don't either. No, we no, not which arguably. is why we have That's to do the arguably. research prior. We don't. No, but is it something that people should know? Um, I think people. Yeah, <sighs> we definitely should have more of a common knowledge than we do. Like I have knowledge in my specific areas. Yeah. When I get outside of that, like someone could say, like it's the whole premise of the bullshit button sort of bullshit button bullshit button, button sort of derives from this of like. You could easily say a sentence to me about dark matter before now, like yeah. before me researching it, and I would go, "Oh wow, really? Yeah, it could be utter drivel." Yep, and I'd be like, "Wow, seriously? That's amazing. <laughs> dark matter is in gravy. <laughs> gravy browning. Gravy browning is dark matter. That is what the gravy browning is." I'd be like, oh, "I mean, all of a sudden, I didn't you know it is amazing." Newman to a completely different degree, right? but. Uh, yeah, I mean, so there is that. There's like, there, I don't have a, I don't have a basic understanding of a lot of things. Sure. And, and oh, no, 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 you do have a basic understanding no, I, of a lot no, of things. No, I don't. That's what I'm saying. The things like things they should know but don't. I what they like, obviously I don't know a lot about dark matter. No. I'm a musician. I don't. I, and I haven't read books on it. But I don't even have a basic understanding of certain things. Sure. So therefore, you can easily say a sentence to me, and I'll be like, "Oh wow, really? That's I'll assume yeah. you're more informed." I think than that's me, a really great I'm way. Zero percent informed. I think it's a really great way of putting it. Yeah. So I guess the moral of the story is, is that like, please send us in stuff because even though we are being proactive, it's nice to have kind of a little bit of an arsenal to try to change up the pace. On that note, um, something that we haven't discussed in the last episode or two is kind of merch. That we've been having more and more conversations about it. We actually have had the lovely Kyle McDavid, the lovely, the beautiful, the handsome, the talented. Kyle McDavid, and he's been sending us uh, lots of really great designs. We I thoroughly love them. And this is the thing with Kyle. And he's I've, a genius, first I've off. said it to numerous people. I don't know if I've ever said it to Kyle, but I'll say it now, and he maybe doesn't listen, but he I'm not sure. Listen. That's fine. Um, but Kyle, you'll send him an idea. You're like, hey, Kyle, I, you know, not even an idea. A, You're a like, sentence. hey, this hey is Kyle, I, I we, want We something. want some merch for t-shirts and mugs. Go. So... Um, you know that logo you came up with? Just send us some stuff. 
and they send us back like I don't know a dozen options, yeah. and I'm like, yep. And then the few times I got, he's done posters for me for shows, and he'll I'll be like, hey, can you do a poster for this show? I'm in it. It's this. Do it. He'll come back with one. And I go. I was thinking more a, l- a little less this, a little more that. And every time, if I don't like the first draft, the second draft he sends back is perfect. It's I never go spl- back a third time. Splain a second time. Or, well, yeah, third time. No, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah, you're yeah. Right. Sorry. But Splain was the exact of that. Yep. We emailed him and said, hey, we're going to create a podcast, LOL. Yeah. Make us something. Yeah. And he came up with the first drafts, and we sat down and we said, we like uh, this one about this one. We like that one about that one. And we sent him a small email of yep. like two sentences. It was like, hey, we love this. Is there a world where we can like combine one and three and four yeah. and seven? And then yeah. before we knew it, he had our logo and more. Yeah, like I, he is brilliant. He's yeah. nothing short of brilliant and a grace to work with. An absolute grace. <laughs> That's such a weird word. I know, but I liked it. I'm running with it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I I love comic David. As do I, and uh, and I'm very excited about this merch. Me too. Anyways, if, if yeah, no one else wants it. I'm going to wear a t-shirt. Yeah, yeah frig yeah. I'll be wearing it every I've day. I've already convinced Jeff that their faces aren't going on it. So I, yeah, we... I, 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 get a, I can get away with wearing it. <laughs> we can't get into it, but we got into a, a fight about it. It we're was fists. winded, and it was very annoying. But anyway, yes, there's it fisticuffs. And fisticuffs, yeah. <laughs> fisticuffs. Anyways, moral of the story is that there's... We are still going strong with that, so please let us know. Some people have already, which is great. So um, be patient with us. I know we haven't gotten back to you yet. It's coming. We don't know what we're coming. doing. It's it's very important to stay. We know what we're doing. Even once we get it, we get the things, we go to the people who make the merch, we're still like, how do we get this to people? Do yeah. we just like text us if you want something? It's like, we'll yeah. probably make a website. We probably I don't know. Maybe who? we won't. We don't know what we're doing. Yeah. So Maybe we'll give it to Bell Alliance and they'll distribute it through Coaxial Cables. Uh, Who's to absolutely. Say? We'll figure it out. But yeah. moral of the story is is that uh, stay tuned and let us know if you're interested because we have lots of stuff happening and lots of uh, merch coming your way. Yo, way. Yo, way. Also, social media. Yeah, social media. Speaking of which, make sure you follow us on Facebook, Instagram, all that kind of fun stuff at The Splaincast. Make sure you comment, like, share, but most importantly, uh, give us a review, write a comment, shout out on the hills. We haven't got any reviews in a while. I'm going to call you out, people. Actually, you know what? Yeah. Because you know what? Some people have. I've thanked them personally. I might have asked them to make a review personally, but it doesn't matter. I may still have written them. it and then copied and pasted it and sent it to them. I may have written it and signed their name to it, but they still didn't sue me. So I can it do that with It might be forgery more... and plagiarism and fraud. It might be, Jeff, but you know what? Still proud of it and we'll, and we'll go to jail <laughs> happily. <laughs> so the rest of you... Step up. What's the problem is my what, question. What did we do? What don't you like about Jeff? Who... me why am i the problem why am i the sore spot hashtag slytherin Uh, yeah but you know what though really what did we do to hurt you yeah and if (laughs) also email us email us and let us know we'll take you out to lunch and then we'll get you to sign um a written review that we have an affidavit an affidavit and uh and then we can post that to social media as well um, so yeah, as well, uh, I've already said, just send us things. We are very excited. Even if you just want to send us a message, you'd be like, I really liked the blank episode. At least we then go, oh, cool. That person or some people want to hear more about cable TV and, yeah. and really mundane, horrible, boring things. Yeah. People so- aren't afraid to let us know when we've made a mistake, i.e., Four people messaged me about the Jurassic Park mistake. I love that. So, I love it too, but just message us some positive things. I've, 
I've heard, I've listened to episodes. Like, we'll typically do a couple lists. Then we'll do an initial listen, make some edits. Then we'll do, a, one of us will usually do an edit list and make sure I didn't screw anything up in the editing. And like, sometimes when I'm listening, I'll go like, oh, that's not true. I know that since listening, since saying that, I've learned that that actually wasn't accurate. Yeah. And sometimes I'm waiting for people to correct me. I'm like, I'm not going to do correction corner. No. I'm going to put the onus on you. Uh-huh. There are Easter eggs among the... Um, Endings? No, 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 no. Not Easter eggs. I didn't mean it in the way uh, that we normally oh. use. I mean, there are Easter eggs of misinformation accidentally in the catalog, is the word I'm looking for, sure. of our podcast that I'm not correcting, even though I know there are wrong things there. I didn't intentionally say them wrong. I just found it later. But I'm not going to say anything about it until people go, fact check it. Fact check us. Fact check we're us. In, we're in the age yeah. of fact checking. And enlightenment. And enlightenment. And the age of Aquarius. Are we? Yes. You say that with Harmony confidence. and understanding. Someone fact-checked him. Harmony and understanding. Sympathy and trust abound. Oh, okay. Don't we do it our religion. It's a, it's, a, it's a vision. We hope you learned something this week. <laughs> <laughs> and because you didn't. <laughs> there's, there's always, always next week. week. Arsenal hardly even knows her. <laughs> oh. No. Now I gotta cut that one to two, don't we? Maybe. We'll see.